With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Well, let me tell you, mylifeinabook.com is a very unique service. I did it for my mom and my grandmother, and it has been amazing. It basically turns your mom's life stories or your grandmother's or anybody that you think is special in your life into a book. So here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send a question via email to the special person, whoever you choose. You can ask custom questions too, but I just kind of let my life in a book choose what questions to ask. And then your special person like your mom can type their response or they can record their voice and my life in a book compiles it all in a beautiful keepsake for you. And guess what? They can even create audiobooks. I mean, this is such a unique gift that will last a lifetime for you, your mom, your children, your children's children. It is the best gift you can give. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use our code clink at checkout for 10% off. This is an unforgettable gift for you and your mom. Get it today. Use our code clink, mylifeinabook.com. Listeners, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions. Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet. Nobody's trying to have that. Enter Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just Drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay, welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Yeah. Part dose. Part two. Yeah, we're in it. We're in it to win it. Well, actually, this part of the recording is uh, a new week. A new week. Right? Because we went went in so long. Yeah, so we had to cut it, you know, obviously. So we've already heard it. We already know who wins. It's a big surprise for (laughs) y'all. So if you haven't listened yet to part one of Scott Peterson, then go back to last week and listen to that portion. Mm -hmm. Because this is part two of a two-part series. And we get in it this week, Gretchen, where last week was more of the telling the story, a little bit of argument. And now I feel like you brought the thunder. Yeah. A little bit. But Not the thunder from down under. Oh, well, if you brought that thunder from down under. Um, <laughs> it would be a party. Yeah. I mean, 
we kind of need that right now. (laughs) (laughs) A little Vegas action. That's what I'm talking about. God, I cannot wait to go to Vegas and sit my ass in front of a slot machine. I know. So I'm not talking about, I wasn't talking about like naked men. We don't need that right now, but we need Vegas. Yeah, we need Vegas. You can go. It's open. I don't know. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to see how this shakes out for the rest of the world first. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? We're all going to close shop. Yeah. Again, again. there's going to be a big spike and then everything's going to close. So I'm just going to wait it out. So if you wanted to go, you should go now. No, I don't want to go. (laughs) You don't want to go. I think I would go. You're a rebel. I know. I kind of just given up of. I know. It's like this freedom is nice. Freedom is nice. I think that getting COVID is probably really not nice. So at nighttime, that's when I get my anxiety and then I start freaking out. Like even last night I started like in bed. I'm like, oh shit, like maybe I'm going too many places now and like opening up. But I did read that it's not on surf. Like you don't actually get it from surfaces. It's being in crowded spaces with somebody that has it. So we're not doing that. Yeah, listen, we're we've just learned to adapt. We're going places now. We've just learned to adapt how to be socially responsible. Well, just, you know, take precautions. We go out to eat, but we eat outside. Yeah. We do stuff with the kids like be on the water. I mean, you're not going to I don't think you're going to get it at the beach. No, you're not. It's hot AF. I'm not taking my kids to the playground yet, but it's hot AF. They're mostly in the water. Yeah. Hey, so. You guys, I don't know if we talked about it at the end of this episode, but we do want to hear from you in a poll. I think I can put up a poll. So I'm going to do that today. It's easy to do a Facebook poll. Okay, let's do a Facebook poll. And I'll do an Instagram. If you guys are only on Instagram, I'll do a story poll on guilty or innocent. And we will put it all together and give like a final verdict. Yeah. I mean. And then we'll. But, you know, we're going to see if he gets his appeal. Okay, so you guys, that is the big news right now is that they have 90 days to say whether or not Scott gets a new trial. Yeah. The judicial system has not been very friendly towards the guilty party or the defense. Like they always side with the prosecution, I think. When it comes to appeals, I mean, we see it 98% of the time. Yeah. So the likeliness that he is going to get a new trial is so slim to none. But he deserves one, I think. Yeah, I think so too. But if everything that is correct in this documentary, and you know, oh, yeah, we think it's slided, you know, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I'm really interested though to see if he does get a new trial. That's when. The real stuff, I think, will come out. You know, it'll be really interesting to see if, let's say he does get a new trial. I think he'll, he would get off if he got a new trial, right? Like, I think he would win his appeal. And then what is that going to, what are Lacey's family going to have to say about that? Would they concede that he didn't do it? No. They won't. No. They're always going to believe. I read her mom's book. Yeah. And... She's always going to believe that he did it. I don't think that there's any way that she thinks that some random guy in a van took her daughter. Like, you know, it's... So that kind of breaks my heart that it's like, you know, just not going to give them any kind of... It's hard for me also to say that he didn't do it either because of those tapes. The tapes are really what damns him. It's like... Dude, how did you say, and Amber's right, like, how did you say you lost your wife? Like, what, how is that, like, that coincidence? Like, is it? Okay, we already, we get into it. We get into it, and you got points for it. I know, I know. Okay, so, you know, let's, let's just get into the rest of the episode, you guys. And at the end, tell us what you think. Yeah, we'll poll it. Okay, so let's do it. So baby Connor washes up to shore and he looks like a full-term baby that is more put together than his mother who washed up ashore the day after he did. Yeah. 
And so there, I mean, there is some, it's all speculative if her body would have expelled the baby or whatever. But given that her, all her internal organs were miss, I don't know, like, I don't really get all that, but it was proven that it was inaccurate information was given to the jury about how old the baby was. The baby could have been lived outside of her body as long as January 3rd, which would support the argument that someone had Lacey captive. And when the police announced Scott's alibi that he was in the marina, they thought that's the perfect place to dump the bodies. And that's true. If somebody did have her, which they could have. So I'm going to give you a point there. Why wouldn't you do that? Because that takes your name right off there. And then wham, bam, we just framed Scott Peterson. Okay. Now I want to get into what Scott was doing when the police caught him and kind of go through all of that, because that is part of why people, that's part of the argument actually for why he's guilty. But before, since we had a little Mm -hmm. break, I circled back around and I would concede that the 1018, when the neighbor put the dog with the leash back in, is the only thing on the timeline that shows that, like, Lacey got up that morning, she got on the computer, Scott left at 10.08, Lacey went on a walk, her walk plots out in a perfect loop that totally makes sense, all these sightings. It's not like one person saw her, you know, a mile away. Like, all the sightings plot out on this loop. But the 1018, you can kind of squeeze it in there, but it doesn't really fit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I uncovered was that this woman who reported that she put the dog back in the yard at 1018 was basing that on a recollection. She didn't look at a clock. She didn't have anything concrete to base that on, except for that after she put the dog back, she went to a store and made a purchase and she had the receipt from the store. And so she was guessing that it must have been that. And the receipt from the store said 1034. But here's the facts about the receipt. So the receipt said 1034 a.m., but it's very faint. You really cannot even read it. I mean, it's debatable what it really says. And it was a Christmas store. So this is like a cash register that's only set up, you know, once a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Mark Garrigus actually did some lawyering at this point and sent one of his lawyers, you know, to this store to verify how this works, because I'm sure he's thinking like me. This 1018 is the one thing that doesn't make sense. Right. Well, he had them run some transactions and look at the receipts because there's only one cash register in this store. And The two receipts were run within 10 minutes of each other on that day. And the time and date on the receipts were dated 49 minutes apart on two different days. So this cash register is not accurate. It's like old as F. Okay. So she just, it's just really old. Mm -hmm. So did he bring that up in the trial? Yes, I have the cross-examination conversation. He did bring that up in the trial. It seems like to me, and even after reading the book from the jur- the seven jurors, they just didn't care. They just didn't care. They were hot. There was a momentum. They, they cared about Amber Fry and the fact that Scott could lie about anything and if he could lie to her while his missing wife is missing, then he could kill her and dump her body with no remorse also. Okay. And this is what else they cared about. I mean, as much as they like, this isn't brought into trial, but you know that they had all seen the news. I mean, the jury was picked from one town over. Okay. Okay. When he was found, he had $10,000 on him. Okay. Yeah. So when the bodies washed ashore, the police were like, let's go get him. And they had a tracker on his car. And so they know where he's at. He's driving erratically. The cops are in unmarked police cars following him. But he thought that it was media following him. So he calls his brother on the phone and says, hey, 
I'm not going to make it to golf because I've got these people tracking me. And on the phone conversation, the brother's like, are you freaking kidding me? That really sucks, Scott. I'm really sorry. But they pull him over and he's got $15,000 or between ten dollars and $15,000. And actually, I want to correct you a little bit. It wasn't when they discovered the bodies because it would have made sense for him to run when they discovered the bodies. It was they had I he did not run then. It was when they identified the bodies as Lacey and Connor. It took a while. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Because when they pulled him over, he said, please don't tell me that those were those bodies were Lacey and Connor. But he had all of his shit in the car, which does make sense to me. Like everybody's like, oh, my God, why would he have all this stuff? Well, he's in San Diego. He's probably thinking he's not going back to Modesto probably ever because he's been run out of town. But he has four cell phones, Gretchy. Okay, I'm going to give you a point for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But... They did argue that he was, or, you know, at least Nancy Grace did, that he was in disguise. He had bleached his hair, but he had been talking to the police since he had bleached his hair. He was trying to disguise himself from the media, not the police. Yeah. And I could see that for sure. Yeah. And it says that he had his hair dyed blonde. I would beg to differ that it's like a real bad dye job if I ever saw one. It's more like reddish didn't leave the bleach on long enough. Yeah. And he had a goatee. And he had a goatee. So for sure, he was trying to hide from something. Yeah. He had a bunch of camping gear. We know he's an outdoorsy guy. Right. Okay. And the money, the $15,000 that he had on him was a transaction. It was his mom's, his mom had taken out the money. I don't think that it is, for some reason, there is some thing that makes sense about it. Yeah. Well, his mom said that she accidentally pulled the $10,000 out of his account. And so she was giving it back to him. There has been things in my life that could have looked shady that were totally not like I am not a shady person at all. And nobody that I surround myself is shady, but shit happens sometimes where if you look at it one way, it looks super like you're being an asshole. And if you look at it in another way, it's, you're not an asshole, like just circumstantial stuff, which I get, like maybe the mom did. And then she's like, why the fuck did I take out that money? Now it looks like he was like on the run. It's just bad luck. That's what I'm saying. Like either this guy has the fucking worst luck in history of worst luck. He does have the worst. I think he does have the worst luck of whatever. And I'm really wondering how the appeal is going to work out because it's it just came out right now. Mm-hmm. He's this going week, in front yeah. of the Supreme This episode is sponsored by Astapro. Thanks, Astapro, for providing Tab and I with samples. Shout out to all my allergy suffering friends out there. You know how they say it's that time of year for allergies? Well, for me, it sort of feels like it's always that time of year. I thought I had tried everything until I recently discovered Astapro. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. It's faster, bro. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Clink, clink. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started 
with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. Because he deserves an appeal. Okay. So I will grant you that for sure. He does deserve an appeal. He deserves a lawyer that can actually pick part all this stuff. I hope there's new evidence that has come out afterwards that they can bring in because at the very least, get a new jury. By the way, okay, so we didn't talk about this either. They picked 12 jurors and six alternates. During the course of his trial and deliberations, they got rid of three of the jury members. Did you know that? Yes, I did. So I've seen some interviews with the jurors and basically what they said was going on there is anytime anyone was strong-willed about we need to go through the facts, like they really put the timeline in perspective, they got pushed out by the people that went with their emotional reaction. No, he is guilty. And that I think, I think I deserve a point for this because they should have, they should have given him a jury not just in the next town, like another county at least. Yes, 100%. I agree with you there. And it is juries of your peer, right? I don't know. And like I said in the beginning, like I don't know if the people in Modesto are really Scott Peterson's peers. Maybe people in like San Francisco or San Diego, where he's from, would be more his peers then. Because you're saying, because they didn't like him because he seemed bougie. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Maybe There's if they a, would have taken it to his hometown, he would have had a different reaction. If you go through the judicial system, there is a lot of prejudice against that. And you also see that in some racial cases, because it's like, dude, if you have like a black guy on the, on the guilty stand, right? You're like the defense and you have an all white jury. How is that a peer? No, that's not your peers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it can go cross-culturally. It doesn't have to be just race, right? Right. I think that, okay. Yeah. And that's how I'm taking it because I'm telling you reading this, the jurors were just like this bougie guy with his bougie attorney that he paid a million dollars for trying to get out of this. And then you have Lacey and her parents who are so down to earth and that's their peers. That's their peers. And so they are sympathizing Mm -hmm. 100% with her family and they wanted to, they they said one of the jurors winked at, before they read the plea, like winked at Sharon Rocha. Oh, I, I believe it a hundred percent. Yeah. One of them actually got kicked off supposedly he had said something to Lacey's brother, but it was just about going through the security line and like the media or something like that. And it was nothing, but he got kicked off, but they were very ruthless. They got in a lot of fights in the jury room. One of the guys that got kicked off was like, I wasn't going to vote guilty. Yeah. You know what? That kind of screwed Scott too, because when that guy three weeks into the trial came out of it saying, I was going to vote guilty. I think Garagos maybe took that as like, we got this in the bag. Yes. Okay. So he went behind closed doors with Scott, Mark Garagos, the prosecuting attorney and the judge. And so they all got to hear what was going on in the jury room because this fucking loudmouth juror 
kept opening his mouth and you're not supposed to open your mouth until you are deliberating. Yeah. Zip it. Yeah. This guy, he was like in his 20s. I think he was just a hothead and he didn't zip his lip. And so they were like, flicked him out of there. But you're right. Garagos got a little shot of him and they were and was like, and at this point, the jury was more on Scott's side. Yeah. And well, you know what else happened is this Rachel. No, her name is Rochelle. Nice. Yes. Nice. She was like the third alternate to come in. And so every time they have a new alternate juror come in, they have to start deliberations again from the beginning. So she walks in the door and says something like, okay, let's, let's show this fucker justice. Okay. She already had her mind made up. She didn't need to deliberate anything. She's a total hothead. And they were tired of going over the deliberations. They'd already had to do it. I mean, it's like painstaking, you know? And she was like, I don't need to hear it anyways. Let's just get to the voting yeah. part. She was one of the jurors in this that wrote this book. She's a loose cannon. Yeah. She has some um, issues herself. She wrote Scott Peterson after. He wrote her actually. No. She wrote him? I think that she wrote him. First, because she went to therapy. This is what I read. Okay. She went to therapy after because it was all consuming. I mean, you guys, this is like a six month thing, right? I mean, it's like a long process and you're there every day. Right. And I could see how this can become part of you. And especially people that don't have maybe a lot going on on the outside. It's all consuming. So she went to therapy after she says she had PTSD, which all these jurors say they have PTSD, which God, I hope that they all got help if they do. Yeah. So they have PTSD and her therapist said it would be good for her to write him. That's what I read. Well, I read. Well, maybe he, he wrote did. Back. Maybe he did. Yes. He wrote back. And then he yeah. wrote back to her. But he wrote back and she says that she just kept it going because she just wanted him to admit that he killed his wife. I can see that as a juror, you put somebody to death. I would want them to confess to me too, because deep down inside, you would always have this thing where, did I do the right thing? Because is this guy really on death row and he didn't kill his wife? I could see how that could eat you alive for your life. Also, that's why I don't think the penalty phase should be jury led. I just don't. I don't think we have as just laymen people yeah. walking around the jur jurisdiction to put somebody to death. My opinion. No, I agree with that. I think it should be a judge makes that decision. Yeah. I do too. I mean, he didn't have anything else in his prior past to say that no he history of violence murderer. And there is only circumstantial evidence. So to put somebody to death because of that is real hard for me to, to wrap my head around. Like, I just, I don't think that's. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language. So I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm, I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And they have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is it starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences. And then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, 
get started before your summer vacay. The, our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Row's partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Row. Dot co slash clink. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash clink. Okay. You kill children and we know it's you and you got caught red-handed. Fucking fry. But this, different story. Okay. So what, what do you have anything else? No, I mean, so, I mean, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, one other point is regarding, I don't think I brought this up is that there's the whole thing about Scott making the anchors, right? Oh yeah. We didn't talk about that yet. Okay. So Mm -hmm. he used this big, this big bag of cement and they said, okay, he must've made four anchors. He had all this extra there's enough to make four anchors missing from this thing. He did, you know, say he made one anchor, right? Well, he's always said, I put the extra cement in this muddy hole in my driveway. There was this hole that was always muddy. Okay. Mm -hmm. They never looked into it ever. They just assumed that he made the other anchors. Well, when reporters and Nancy Grace was there, by the way, went back, they all saw, oh, look, there's all this cement next to the driveway. He did throw cement here. Nancy Grace never mentioned it on air. Oh, I better retract that. No, that's the thing. They never retracted any statements that they ever said. And they said a lot. They said stuff like they smelled bleach when they went in his house. That's that's not true. That's not in any officer's report. Right. Let me tell you this. I get a, I get a point for the cement. You do. Okay. You do get a point for the cement. Shit. I keep giving the points on the wrong side. (laughs) So Sharon, her mother said she was over there the last time over at their house. The last time she saw Lacey and the baby was kicking and Lacey says, Hey mom, come feel the baby kick. And she like put her hand on Lacey's belly and she said she still didn't feel him kick, but Lacey leaned over and said, Scott doesn't like to do this. I've asked him about, you know, feel my stomach when the baby kicks and he never wants to touch my stomach. That's creepy as fuck. Well, yeah. Because guys love that. I mean, some guys probably don't. It might be maybe like freak somebody, some of them out. And honestly, like, I don't think he wanted to, I don't think he was ready to be a dad. I don't know. I mean, he obviously was having this affair telling Amber that he was going to be the husband, like the, I don't know, father figure to her daughter. And that was enough for him. And he didn't want to have any children. Meanwhile, he's having a kid with his wife. That I just, I can't like, that's the hard part for me. It's like, how do you say this when in actuality you're, you're doing this and then your wife and baby go missing and dead, which is what you said. What happened? One week ago. Yeah, I know. Listen, he is a total sleazeball. So that is where this all 
this is this is why people say he did it because he said he lost his wife. Yeah, and because he kept saying also in that in that one where where Amber is like, Scott, you told me this. You told me you lost your wife on December 9th. Now you're telling me your life wife was alive and now is missing. Like, how does that happen? And he says, I can't explain it right now, Amber, but I could tell you later. And it's like, what, what, what's he going to say later? Like, why couldn't he, okay. if okay. he was I'm gonna innocent, you, why can't he I'm going to just... give you a point. You get like half a point for the stomach and half a point for that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what is he going to say later that he's not going to say well, right he's, now? Okay. Well, listen, he's not going to say, Amber, I just, dude, I had to, I had to kill her. No, but he does. So she says that she's like, Scott, did you have something to do with this? And he's like, Amber, I would never do something like this. I am not that type of person. So it tells me that there is something inside of him that knows something. Like, is the baby not his? Is like, you know, like, what is it? I think the baby says, but yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, if it came out that Lacey was having an affair, the baby wasn't his, and then I think maybe he just felt pressured into the whole like, you know, marriage, white picket fence, whatever. Of course. I think that also, that's why I think he had, I think all of it was too soon. I think he got married too soon. He gets married when he's still in college. I know that people do that, but I don't think that's a good idea. I think you got to like, wait. He likes being Prince Charming, clearly. I mean, by bringing Lacey and her mom, both, you know, the flowers and everything. And he probably wanted to continue impressing them by being like, of course, where I'm going to take care of her and we're going to move to Modesto or no to Modesto and everything. I mean, I think he liked, he liked kind of the, the limelight, the way it made him feel like, look at me, I'm Mr. Perfect husband. And he's a compulsive liar. I know. And when he was also when Lacey's mom, when they told her about Amber, the first thing she said to the police was, why did he have to kill her? And up until that point, they were 100% pro Scott. Yeah. Right. They had no doubt in their mind that Scott was innocent. But as soon as they found out about the affair, it was like he killed her. Because when someone, your loved one dies, I mean, first of all, that would hurt you to the core, whether or not Lacey had died or not, your son-in-law cheating on your eight month pregnant daughter. Right. And it also, is so it's, I think in some ways it's scarier to think that a stranger did this, that it's just that random, that the world is that bad of a place than that someone in your family did this to someone else in your family. I think that people, you often see this with families of victims that it's like, why don't you want to find out who really did it? Yeah. Because they just want to close the book and not have to think about it anymore. They want to know that they already have the answers. It's too painful to reopen. Yeah. I have seen that with people that are like, like for instance, the Adnan case, right? Yeah. It is there are, there are, there's so much evidence there that he didn't do it. Yeah. We're talking about Adnan from Serial. Mm-hmm. And Adnan, Adnan Syed. So he was accused of killing his girlfriend in high school and he is still in jail. Um, He's our age. He's 40. Mm-hmm. He's been in jail since he was 18. And The possibility of him actually killing her when they go over all the evidence is so, it's none. It's none. Somebody saw him in the library the time that they say that she was being murdered. He didn't do it. Yeah, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Same thing with the um, Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey and the Teresa Halbach murder. I mean, 
the Hallbox are very vocal about that they feel oh. that they did it. And I don't understand how the, you don't want to see. It makes you okay. feel better that this poor kid at 15 years old, you know, went to prison for the rest of his life. It doesn't. It doesn't. For me, that case is so crazy bananas because they had the same prosecution. Try Stephen Avery in one case and try Brendan Dassey in another case. And they use two totally different scenarios of how she died. Okay. So how can they say in Stephen Avery's case, she died this way. Yeah. And in Brendan Dassey's case, she died this way. That should not be legal. It should be legal to say this is exactly the evidence we have. And this is how she died. Not change it just so you can get a guilty verdict. That's not okay. Right. That is where there is total injustice in our system. And that's when I get real fucking fired up. Yeah, she does. She's on fire. Pulling her hair out. So (laughs) I am. You guys, you should see me. So yeah. So, okay. I think you've convinced me that Scott definitely needs a new trial. I think that it's going to be hard pressed that he does because our judicial system fucking blows. I think it because it's been so highly publicized, like some judge is probably like, I don't want to walk into that shit. Right. (laughs) They're they're like, I don't want, I don't want to get lynched. God, I know. And you would, but I think since the documentary came out and put some facts straight up in your face, a lot of the people still, you know, they they are changing their opinion. Well, so Annie did this one series that shows the other side, but there's a million datelines shows like that, and they only present it as Lacey was missing, Scott was on the phone. I mean, they are just showing the prosecution argument. They don't detail any of the actual evidence in the case. I mean, I think I think people that's all people remember. I mean, how many people watch Annie? Well, a lot. But you also have these police detectives on there like even when you watch these shows that are like, yeah. We did all we we looked at all those all the evidence. We we had the tip lines and we called those people and we did everything because they're not going to say that they did shit. They're not going to say, you know, we're from Modesto and we don't really know how to do this as as well as maybe somebody from a different jurisdiction that has a lot of cases that they go under. That's I mean, we see it time and time again where there's a small city or a small town that has a murder and it just fucking gets all shit. They're also not going to admit that they zeroed in from Scott from the get that they weren't, you know, that they weren't, you know, open minded. Right. Well, it's also kind of hard to to be open-minded when somebody calls you and is like, hey, uh, there's a satanic cult and they've been stealing a lot of pregnant ladies. You're yeah. like, okay, um, how much LSD did you just do last night? Because, or meth, because there's a big meth population in Modesto. So I think that, you know, has something to do with it. We didn't also talk about, there were a lot of pregnant women that went missing within like a 60 mile radius. I know. Like a lot, like 80 or something crazy. Yeah. Right. What was it? I don't know. I mean, it it was a a big, big number, which seems very strange, but that's where this cult thing came out of. Um, But then you're like, well, what, I don't know, like what kind of work did these women do that went missing? And there wasn't, um, I, I didn't find any substantial information. I just found that one woman that washed up in the Bay area, but it was, probably her boyfriend. Um, okay. So what's our, what's our, okay. Our tally. And I might've been, um, I might giving me more. Yeah. I think I gave you some out of pity and I don't think I gave myself enough, but what do you think? You really still think that he is in a, he's guilty. Come on. I think that they need to redo the trial. Like I said, okay. I still think he's a sleaze bag. I, I agree. We haven't said this in a long time, but what do we always say, Gretchen? Don't cheat on your wife. Don't cheat on your wife. That is, it always comes back to just don't cheat on your wife. Because if he did not cheat on his wife and he did not do it, then he would be free. Okay. And that's always the thing. It's always like, don't fucking cheat on your wife. Yeah. Don't cheat on your wife. Okay. Yeah, that's true. 
So yeah, I think I, I am leaning towards he is innocent Mm -hmm. based on all the information, but I think he has to get a new trial. He just had, they just have, there's too much conflicting information not to give him a new trial for a person on death row. So I need to see that happen and then see, I mean, well, then we'll follow it real closely. But as far as the scores, I got us at tied. No way. Yeah. Oh my God. Holy shit. Yeah. So. So we need a swing vote. We need somebody to come in. Let's and, call Rochelle and... nice. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> she was like, I was, I was just, I wasn't like in it to, to have him tell me, you know, woo me. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then we go to our, we go to our listeners and they're going to make the, oh, gonna, you know what? We should a... do a poll on the group. Yeah. Page. We'll do a poll. We'll do a poll. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So on Facebook, on Housewives of True Crime group, we will do a poll there and we will also do it on Instagram. And you guys will be the judges. I can't believe that's so funny that it it came up equal. Mm. That was not planned. Nope. Um, and if you guys don't have either, you can still be in our poll because you could email us at housewives of true crime at gmail.com. Sure. Well, we'll take it. Other than that, you guys, this was a long episode. So thanks for hanging in there. I want to just give a couple shout outs, Gretchy Poo. Okay. To some people that have given us some good reviews. And I have a little um, a shout out to somebody else too. Okay. <laughs> okay. So hello, Cupcake 2. New fave. Just found this podcast and it's my new favorite. Loves the conversation, storytelling. Oh, thanks so much. Oh, thank you. Black Shirt Chef, great podcast. We crack them up. New favorite podcast from Stuff Mun 20. She's a true crime podcast fan and it's really hard to find one she likes. Dude, listen, we're right there with you. This is a, a funny one, Gretchen. It keeps coming up in a new light. Oh. The same person <laughs> keeps giving us reviews. One star reviews, but it's the same person because I could see their username. Oh, she didn't mm-hmm. think that we not we can we notice your username. No, no. Mm-mm. So Chrissy HJ. Yeah. Thank you so much for always thinking about us because that. Oh my gosh, I can't believe someone that just wants to give us one star over and over again continues to listen. <laughs> and we just keep getting more uneducated. So. <laughs> Uneducated and dumber. Well, Chrissy, that's not going to change. So at right now we're at the sixth grade level. That's really good. Cause you know what, Chrissy, actually, actually, all I need to do is get through second grade. That that's my goal for the year. I can keep my kids <laughs> at that level. So sixth grade, I mean, I'm killing it. That's what I thought when I read it. I was like, wow, well, I don't even have a sixth grader. Gosh. So I think I'm pretty good. I can actually right. teach at least till sixth grade, which I think is pretty funny. But anyhow, just be happy to know, Chrissy, that Gretchen didn't tell you to eat a dick this time. Oh, eat a dick, Chrissy. I'll tell you every time. Then 121664 says, fabulous. Thanks so much. Miss Gaudy one. She thinks we're down to earth. And obviously she doesn't think that we're dumb as a fucking box of rocks. Thanks, Miss Gaudy one. Celeste Stevenson, girlfriends and clink clink. Girlfriends crime and clink clink. Sorry. And I think... I think that's all for, unless I said CG, CJG. This is where my sixth grade dyslexia comes in. Oh, yeah. CJG. Uh, she says love. And they're from, maybe I said it already, but more Park of Ventura County. So thanks so much. Very close to us. Holla. Holla. And other than that, you know, thank you guys all for signing up for Patreon. We had a really good episode last week. If you guys, didn't hear it. It's about Karen, but not that kind of Karen. Not that kind of Karen. Oh my God. gosh. Did you hear her husband gave a statement about her? Oh, the one in the park, the Karen in the park, no, the, or Karen, the Karen at Gel- Gelson's. Karen at my Gelson's. Oh no. Yeah. Her husband said she's like mentally ill. Oh no. Really? Mm-hmm. 
You think it's a cop out or do you think she I think really he is? probably is over like getting death threats and shit because his <laughs> wife is so bananas and he's like, ease up guys. She's mentally ill. I've been telling her for a long time. We're working on oh, it. Crap. Yeah. So I really hope that if she is mentally ill, she is getting help for that. And I also think if she's not mentally ill, it is Stop a really a good time. Yeah. Well, one stop being a bitch. And it's a really good time to fake something like that. Because, yeah. You know, we're all very aware that mental illness is a real thing. So <laughs> yikes. Yikes. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure she probably is getting death threats. Yeah. You know, who else was getting death threats is the, um, the, you know, Stassi that the podcast she was on. Yeah. Even the, just the pot, not her podcast, but the girl that she was on the podcast with that she brought up her incident. Oh, that girl was getting death threats. I mean, I think death threats is a little too uh, extreme people. Like, I cannot do even imagine writing someone ever like I want to kill you. No matter what you said or what you did, it would never be in me to write something that hateful. I don't understand these people who are like, because you know, they're empty threats that sit behind their computer and write, I hope you die. I mean, that's <laughs> effing crazy. Well, those people probably have mental illness, Gretchen. I mean, who would do that? Who would do that? Yeah. It's, but who sits there and writes one-star reviews every I week mean, come that's on. like the same person. Over it's again. so weird. Over and over again. <laughs> It is so strange to me. It's like, I was like, okay, it's either a competitor or it's a person from one of ours past that just hates us for whatever reason it is. Who could that be? We can't even, like, we can't even imagine who that could be. (laughs) Maybe you can't. (laughs) I think it might be my neighbor. Oh, oh, call an exterminator, bitch. Yeah. It totally could be your neighbor. Yeah, I know. I mean, not my neighbor now, but my she moved before. Yeah. This is why I don't tell anybody I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case it goes sideways. Tab tells everyone she has a podcast. I'm certainly not telling my neighbors. No way. How am I going to talk about them? I know, right? Um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Learn your lesson. I still tell everybody I have a podcast. Oh, yeah. I can't keep your trap shut. And if they listen, then they're one of us. Like, if they like us, then they're like us. If they don't listen, then they're not like us. Yeah. But then they just think you're, they're, then, you're weird. I get that. Like, oh, you do something about crime, weirdo. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. How could you talk about crime? Like, cause it's, like what's so fascinating about that? I'm like, oh, do you watch Dateline? Yeah, I love Dateline. Like, same thing. Oh, okay. Well, I guess you like crime, too. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Clink, clink, girl. Oh, by the way, I'm drinking another one of those Prestos. Oh. A different one this time. It's sparkling Suve, it says. Okay. Suve. They actually bought the wrong one, the the shoppers. They were supposed to buy the rosé. And they bought the Suve. Okay. Do you know what Suve is? Because you're fancy like that? No. C-U-V-E-E. No. You're not that fancy. I'm not that you fancy. You stopped it. You stopped it. Stop it. Sixth grade. grade fancy. <laughs> we don't know these fancy Italian words. Nope. Oh, no, God. We're just giving her fuel to the fire. <laughs> All right. We're out. Okay. Peace. Clink, clink. <laughs>